That's the Mile High Hoops podcast with me, Zach By, powered by my friends at Superbook Sports. Stand up, Nuggets Nation. It's now time for the Mile High Hoops podcast with Zach By, presented by Superbook Sports on your home for the most Nuggets content. Denver's Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By, and as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the podcast. Reacting to a second consecutive victory over the Houston Rockets for the Nuggets, and they are currently streaking a four-game winning streak. They have won five of their last six. The Nuggets have got it going, man. They have got it going. And it always um, makes life a little bit easier uh, when you're playing the Houston Rockets, who now currently have a uh, away record of 2-11. They're 5-16 overall. They are not very good. Um, I thought in the first game they were more competitive, especially that first half of game number one on Monday night. This one... Uh, which we're not going to spend too much time on um, because it was a an absolute, absolute blowout. Um, and it was really over after the first quarter. After the first 12 minutes of basketball, the Nuggets were up 44 to 24. That's hard to do. That's, that, that's, that, that's hard to do to be up 20 points after the first 12 minutes. But I'll tell you this, and I'm going to get to a couple of my notes here. Um, I, I don't really have any... Um, like signature takeaway from any particular player from this one game. Um, actually, maybe I do with Vlatko, but we'll get to that in a second. But my biggest takeaway, my biggest takeaway um, in general, okay, with a broad stroke, is that the knock on the Nuggets from years past is that they play down to their competition. That is the knock, okay? And we talked a lot about that last year, that it wasn't necessarily true, that their record against uh, under 500 teams was really good. Um uh, or I should say, yeah, no, it, it was really good, actually, as uh, uh, a memory serves. Um, it was one of the best in the league. So, and and by the way, right now, their their record against uh, teams below 500 is 9-3. Um, and three, Okay, so not perfect, but 9-3. and three. Like, that's that, you, you take that, right? Um, it's hard to get up against a bad opponent just in general, but it's got to be even harder doing it in back-to-back nights in the same arena like this set this setup this year with the NBA going to these no 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 like home and home they've been doing that forever but like double home against the same opponent that's got to be tough especially when you just kick the crap out of this team uh the 48 hours earlier right the 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 final score the other night was 129 113 so there there there's a thought that like okay that like you come in sort of with your guard down so for the first 12 minutes to go the way that it did. Um, not that they had any sort of great, like in, insane sense of urgency defensively, but just to come out with the right spirit um, is a sign of maturity. And I'm not terribly surprised because this is a, this is a tenured group. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. They got a bunch of pros guys. They got a, a bunch of professional basketball veteran players, Aaron Gordon, Bruce Brown, Jokic, Jamal, KCP. I mean, think about the names that I just said and think about the uh, uh, collectively thousands of games that they've played in. So um, they came out the way that you would hope. And with the win, they're now 14-7, and seven, the Nuggets are, 6-2 and two at home. 
and sitting right near the top of the Western Conference, just one game back of uh, the Phoenix Suns for the one seed. So um, you love to see it. Let's get to a couple of the notes here. This is now nine straight victories over Houston. Um, Denver owns Houston, okay? Um, Aaron Gordon, that guy was so aggressive, especially in that first half. Uh, he finishes with 20 points, 7 of 12 from the field, six rebounds, couple of assists, the block. He was plus 12 when he was out there. But Gordon, I, I saw and have been seeing um, just this unrelenting uh, agenda to get to the front of the rim. And you just love to see it. And not that he can't shoot threes. He can, and he makes them. I mean, he's, he's actually really um, improving his three-point field goal percentage throughout this season. He made uh, two of them last night, took four. Um, but this is a guy who was actually, um, and I got to go back and really look at the game log, but you go back and look at the start of the season, like in the month of October. The season starts in Utah October 19th. Um, and I just pulled it up here. This is the first handful of games oh, from three for Aaron Gordon. 0 of 2, 0 of 6, 1 of 3, 0 of 2, 0 of 3, 1 of 3. So you're talking you started your season through the first um, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 games and were 2 of 3, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, uh, 17, 18, 19. He started two of 19 from three. Um, but as the page turned to November, he really started steadying that ship. Um, so you just love it. I mean, let's look at the last, let's just say 10 games that Gordon has played. Two of four from three. Only took one on Monday night against Houston. 0 of one. Two of four. Four of five. One of two. One of one. One of two, one of three. So he's really, um, like, water is finding its level with Aaron Gordon's three-point shooting. Doesn't need to take a lot of them. Shouldn't be taking a lot of them. Um, But I love his, like, and I remember talking about this last season with Aaron Gordon, too. And Mike Malone, at one point, had to sit Aaron Gordon down and said, every time you take a contested three or contested mid-range jump shot, um, you are letting the defense off the hook. You are a supreme athlete. That's why you were picked where you were picked. That's why you get paid what you get paid. You are an incredible, explosive athlete. Um, and I, I just see like an acknowledgement of that. When I see him turn down an open three to put it on the floor and attack the rim, like he had a baseline drive in that first half. I think it was the first half. Um, I stopped taking notes in the second half. Um, not not completely, but not not like copious notes. Um but uh, he had a drive from the right corner where he could have taken the three, and I think he even pump faked twice on it. And he, and he's like, no, I'm not taking the three. I'm not taking this baseline shot. I am putting it on the ground three or four times, and he worked his way from deep in the baseline. I mean, he was towing, towing the baseline and got back out to, like, the front side of the rim for a dunk, and it was just like, how did you create a dunking opportunity for yourself from that angle with the defender right on your hip? But it, there he was. Um, so I, I love it. Great game from Aaron Gordon, 20 points. Um, really nice. Uh, something to build on in 31 minutes. Because if you remember, we talked about last episode, he only played like 14 minutes on Monday night. It was almost like a pseudo night off for him. Um, got in some foul trouble or whatever and didn't even, like, Malone didn't, 
you know, didn't even attempt to put him back in. And it wasn't it wasn't serious foul trouble. He could have played. Um, Vlatko, Chanchar, uh, 21 minutes, 13 points, um, had it going from three. Uh, trans- he had a transition three deep in the left corner where he caught it um, on the move, uh, lifted up. At the apex, releases it, but he still he was so on the move that he you know was 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 floating in the air, releases it at the apex, nothing but net. By the time he lands, he's like behind the hoop, right? Because his 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 momentum's carrying so much toward the baseline in transition. Um, when he hit that shot, that particular shot, and he made two other threes, but I said, man, that guy's comfortable because that's the type of shot he would take in Eurobasket, okay? And he, he a lot of times, uh, just for me with Chanchar when he's out there, he doesn't look comfortable. He, he sometimes looks a little bit awkward and disjointed, like he's got two left feet. Um, that should pass uh, the more just you know sample size of of, of minutes he's getting. Um, you know, he's still a young player, twenty five years old, but he's been with the Nuggets for now. I think this is his fourth season. Um, and um, look, I mean, he. he he he's gonna he's gonna continue to be in the rotation with some of the injuries that the Nuggets have. The question is, you know, does he stay there um, when some of these guys uh, get healthy? You know, Michael Porter Jr., Jeff Green, all the stuff. So um, we'll continue to keep our eye on that. But in the one-off game, one-off reaction on Wednesday night, um, really happy for Vlatko. Um, does all the right things, right? Um, so I, I I like to see good things happen um, for for guys like that. So he was five for six. Uh, from the field and was a big part of of the win and had like the best highlight of the night. I mean, he was in, um, I think it was in the first quarter where he's in transition and he takes off from one step inside the free throw line and he turned the ball like he was going to finger roll it. Like his wrist is almost like almost pointing towards the ground, but not quite as much. It's like kind of like midway and he left from so far out that I'm like, I didn't even consider the fact that he was going to try to dunk it. In fact, I thought because he had a defender right behind him, I thought he accidentally just left a little bit too early, and that can happen, right? And your angst trying to get to the bucket and get the layup off without a defender trying to go over the top of you and block it. I just thought he made a mistake and left too early. The mistake was me. I, I, I was mistaken because he dunked it. And it was like, holy crap. And to see the bench's reaction to him doing that, um, tells you a lot of how that team feels about uh, Vlatko. And, and I'll say this just in general, but more more sweeping, um, broad stroke. This team looks really connected. Now, I could be just in the moment. It could be just in the moment, and you're beating a bad team, and you're, and you're scoring like 44 points in the first quarter. So, of course, the vibes are going to be good. But I'm just seeing just a, a, in general a more a connected team that's genuinely happy for one another when things go right. You saw this with DeAndre Jordan as well. Like he had an aggressive and one dunk finish. And just everyone to a man is up and ear to ear and wanting to connect with that guy um, from the bench. And I just, I'm a sucker for stuff like that. I think that all great team. I think you can be a good team without some of that stuff. But if you want to be a great team, there's a next level of connective tissue um, that great teams have, and I'm seeing some of those attributes with these Nuggets, and that's really, um, it's just really encouraging. And I think that uh, I want to put you wise to it if if you're not noticing it, um, noticing it yourself. Um, what else here? 
Um, I thought DeAndre Jordan, I just mentioned his name. I thought he was uh, really good again. I mean, 19 minutes, 8 points, 6 rebounds, had a, a highlight assist where he found Vlaco on like a Jokic-type one-handed pass, and he's got the hands on the eyes doing the goggles thing. And uh, I thought I thought he was good again, blocked some shots, um, multiple block shots. He was a plus 14 in his 19 minutes. Um, really good, really good on the whole, right? Um, uh, oh, I wrote down this play here where uh, Jokic was out ahead of the field, and I forget who threw him the pass, okay? But they try to advance the ball, and the, the, the pass was off target and high. And Jokic catches this in the second quarter. Jokic catches it with one hand and throws it behind his back to Bruce Brown, who wasn't quitting on the plays, like, you know, not assuming it was going to be a good pass. Um, and he gets the dunk in transition. And, and Ball Arena, the people who were there, um, were just on fire for that play. And I just thought to myself, and I actually wrote it down. How many centers, serious question, how many centers in NBA history can make that play? I'm not saying that Jokic is alone in doing so, but the list is short. The list is short. That in full stride, you have the touch and wherewithal, the presence of mind, and then the like, the motor skills to do that in one fluid motion. Off target, high pass, catch it with one hand, um, and throw it behind your back. It's just like, goodness. It's just like one of these nightly reminders of Yoke is just such a special breed um, of of player. Um, and Denver's just so infinitely lucky uh, to have him. Um, okay. Anything else that big picture I wanted to not, – well, nothing about this was big picture. Oh, Jamal. That's right. Excuse me. Um, Jamal, Jamal, my hope is – Excuse me. Taking a drink of water. So much talking. I'm used to talking with a co-host. Um, and there's some time for listening, gathering your thoughts, and also resting your voice for a second. So when I come in, and this is why the, the, these podcasts are, you know, 20 minutes long. Um, I, I don't need longer than 20 minutes if I'm if I'm doing all the talking. Um, my hope is that Jamal Murray uses these games against Houston as a absolute catapult springboard for the last three quarters of this season. Because we're, we're basically at the quarter pole, right? We're about 20 games in. Um, uh, yeah, Nuggets are uh, 21 games in. Um, the last three quarters of the season, I'm hoping are uh, that, that this these two home games against Houston serve as an accelerant to what was already... Um, a flame, and we get to see it with some gas here because Jamal was just flat out incredible over these two basketball games. Incredible. Uh, 26 points on Wednesday night, season high 31 points on Monday night. Uh, He was 9 for 15 from the field on Wednesday night. He was 11 of 17 from the field on Monday night. So against Houston, what is that? Quick math. He was 20 for 32 from the field, you're, you're shooting like 62, 63%, something like that. But what was uh, equally as encouraging as the raw stats is what the eye test said from three, and, and the raw stats too from three. Um, but what, what the, my eyes told me, that was a anxious, in a good way, and willing three-point shooter that was confident, 
that was um, solid in his um, just approach to these shots and technique, just on balance, like how you would do it in warm-ups or how you would teach someone to do it is how Jamal looked these last couple nights from three-point range. He was four for six on Wednesday night. He was four for eight on Monday night. So in the two games against Houston, you're talking going eight for 14 from three. It's hard to do. It's really hard to do. In the two games, he was a nine of 11 from uh, the, the, the charity stripe. Um, he was getting others involved. I mean, I, I just, I love what I see from Jamal and uh, the consistency is still going to be a challenge for both Jamal um, probably and the team. That is, you know, uh, uh, Malone talked about that again, you know, consistency being the greatest challenge of this team. Um, uh, man, I'm just really encouraged, really encouraged what I saw from Jamal here these last 72 hours. So uh, see if he can keep it going here um, as the Nuggets um, continue on here against Atlanta. Um uh, at the time of recording, it's Thursday afternoon, um, and uh, that game will be on a Friday evening uh, at at five thirty on the road in Atlanta. So, um, okay, what else? The NBA. I forget sometimes what I say here on the podcast and what I say on my radio show, and sometimes I I think that I said something someplace and I didn't say it at all, and then other times I say it in both places. So forgive me if I've already gone on this rant, but um, uh, the NBA desperately needs to change the challenge rule. The fact that if you challenge a play and get it right and are still in a roundabout way punished and don't get another challenge, I just think that's weird. I think it's bizarre. Um, Like, how is it just a one-off? That rule should be changed. That rule should be changed. It needs to be changed. It's manifested itself in just uh, really um, just bad ways for all NBA teams. This is not a Nuggets thing. This is a philosophical thing. Um, If you challenge something and get it right, why should I not be able to challenge something later in the game and potentially be right again? You can only be right once. I understand if you challenge it and lose it, right? I I, I get that, but... um, yeah, the NBA needs to change that. Okay. Um, we're going to leave it there for now. Uh, let's take a look at just the upcoming schedule. I already mentioned that. Um, uh, oh, oh, one more thing here. Uh, my eyes are uh, catching this in gl- um, at a glance in my notes, and I know I already uh, shouted him out uh, the other night, but this dude, uh, Shangun, uh, this Turkish center, I could not be a bigger fan of this guy, Okay. Um, he's just 20 years old. He's just 20. He's six foot 11. He's a rookie. These are his first handful of games in the NBA, and I would never know it. This guy has gone at Jokic in an aggressive manager, uh, in, in, um, uh, aggressive manner. His arms are so long that there's a couple times on Wednesday night where he was going to like, I thought he was going for just like a high release or just like a a, a jump hook. And he went to go dunk it and is dunking it, but his body itself is like six feet away from the hoop. He is just so long and plays with force and he's fearless. And I'm just looking at this kid like, wow, Houston has a really, really 
nice young centerpiece um, to go with all that athleticism and shooting that's around him. I like Houston's team. I, I, I want to say that, too. I, I, they're not a very good team. They're young right now, uh, with the exception of, you know, Aaron Gordon, or Eric Gordon, excuse me, and a couple others. Um, but I'm telling you, man, these guys are, are fun to watch. Jabari Smith Jr., you know, uh, with just how big he is and, and, and long in the way um, that he looks when he shoots it. And, um, you know, you look at uh, uh, Kevin Porter Jr., uh, who looked really good uh, on Wednesday night, uh, finishing with 23 points. And you got, um, uh, who the hell else there? Uh, 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 Jalen Green, uh, former uh, former second overall pick. I mean, he he looks really good. I mean, there's some really young talent to go with, you know, uh, Fernando and Kenyon Martin Jr. And so I, I, that's going to be a team I, I keep my eyes on uh, over the next um, the next couple years. Okay. Um, I want to give a, a shout-out here uh, on the way out um, to uh, a, a listener of ours named Jackson from Ponderosa High School. Um, he is a big listener of our radio show, uh, Jackson Johnson. Um from Ponderosa High School, and he's a big listener of ours, and he he came up to the studio, and we showed him around, and he came out to a remote, and he's just a big fan, and he listens to the Mile High Hoops podcast, and he wrote uh, a thank you letter and sent it to the station, and at the end of it, uh, he said, uh, I always appreciate, uh, he said, also, I listen to Mile High Hoops podcast, and it's great. I always appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with us, the listener, Sign Jackson. And that's, of course, the way that I start this podcast. So that was really cool. Um, I, I, it wasn't too long ago. Uh, feels like yesterday. It wasn't that I was in high school and obsessed with sports talk radio. And so it's kind of cool to get like a note from a high school kid. So anyway, if you know that guy uh, or, if, or if you're a Jackson listening right now, shout out. Um, okay, real quickly, let's talk about uh, the upcoming schedule. I just mentioned the Hawks on Friday night in Atlanta. That can be a dangerous place on a Thursday night, a Friday night um, uh, in Atlanta. I don't mean dangerous like crime-wise. I mean like dangerous like, well, although maybe it, maybe it is. I don't know. Um, but uh, the nightlife, you know, I, I've shared the story before. Earl Boykins years ago, um, the, the, the Hawks were so bad. It was the year leading up to the Trey Young draft. And he was like, hey, yeah, just a heads up. The Nuggets are going to lose that game. Um, it was a Saturday. In uh, in Atlanta, and then and the Hawks were like two and fifteen or something like that. Seriously, it was they were very 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 bad. He's like, yeah, the, the Nuggets are going to lose that. I'm like Earl, what the hell are you talking about? He's like, the game Saturday night in Atlanta, or maybe it was even Sunday afternoon. He's like, yeah, they, you're spending the weekend in Atlanta, and that, at the time the team was much younger. The Nuggets were, um, and uh, so I always get a little fearful and reminded about that uh, when I see Friday night at Atlanta. Uh, but then the Nuggets will turn around. And play uh, a, New, a New Orleans team that is the three seed in the West, just one game behind um, Denver. Zion looks like an absolute beast. Um, that game is on Sunday afternoon at at one thirty, and then the next game after that is at home against Dallas, Luca, and the Mavs at eight o'clock on TNT, which should be a really really fun game. So. Um, good, good, uh, next couple games for, um, the Nuggets. Definitely, definitely winnable game in Atlanta. Hawks are kind of a middling team. I think it was a major mistake trading, trade, uh, uh, trading, um, Kevin Herter. Um, they're, they actually don't shoot that great for teams that, uh, supposed to, you know, be able to fill it up. 
Um, they're 12 and 10. They're the sixth seed right now. I will just be honest. I do not have a good feeling about New Orleans on Sunday afternoon. I just don't. I just do not. Uh, New Orleans has played well against the Nuggets. Uh, Zion, I don't know uh, who's the answer. I don't know. We'll see how that plays out. Um, and then uh, and then we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Tuesday uh, next week. So, all right, uh, we'll leave it there for now. Guys, thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for supporting this podcast. As I try to mention on the way out most times, um, the best way that you can support this podcast is to uh, give it five stars on you know Spotify or wherever else you're listening. Tell a friend. Um, that's the most grassroots way to, uh, to uh, build on the success here of the podcast. Um, shout out Superbook Sports for being our proud sponsor. And we'll leave it there for now. And you already know whatever happens on Friday in Atlanta and Sunday in New Orleans, we're going to be talking about it on Monday right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the Mile High Hoops podcast powered by Superbook Sports. Until next time.